There it goes. Okay. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. So, um, you've asked a question about commitment in the sense of that you're looking at um, when you're actually doing some research, looking for places and watch and uh, where women can connect together. And then you're asking yourself about commitments. OK. And that um, basically. Commitments are can be done at an ordinary level or they can be done at a noble level. And that the ordinary level, they're more than likely going to ripen in clinging. This is why the Buddha talks about it in the sense of ordinary right view, because that commitment now has become a set of rules. Oh, you're not supposed to go here. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to go there. You're supposed to do this stuff. And uh, we box ourselves in and sometimes we don't even know the purpose or the reason for it. And that um, one of the things that we can understand that um, like with the monks, there's 227 rules and then the monk, uh, the Mechis or the, the, uh, the Bhikkhunis have an additional 12. And where did those additional 12 come from? And all kinds of extra questions like that. And, and basically, the, the reason that the Buddha made those rules in the first place was to help establish and maintain the Sangha, the friendship. Okay, and so these rules that are there are actually explicit directions about how to treat one another. That we don't rat on each other and we don't complain about each other, etc., like that. And so those are the more important rules. But wow, are they effective when they're taught? And wow, are they painful when people don't want to follow that rule because they want to go back into their complaining and their uh, lonely hearts and their uh, uh, disgust and under and not understanding. So in fact, you could say then that the that the rules of the monks are only rules for those people who don't understand what is correct behavior. And then they become a training rule, not in the sense that you're going to be using like the training wheels on a bicycle. That's just to get you steady enough to learn how to ride a bicycle. And the first thing you want to do is to get those training wheels off because they become a encumbrance right away. OK, so this whole idea then of commitment. Winds up being a vow that generally we can't keep. And we made the vow, therefore something's wrong with me. I'm supposed to behave this, that, and the other way based upon a set of vows or commitments that I have made. And this is the ordinary way that ripens in clinging and ripens in bad feelings. The wiser way to do it is, is to recognize that any time any of this stuff comes up, now is the time to make the commitment for right now. But I don't have to make a commitment for the next five or 10 years. 
maybe not even three months, that in fact some places don't want people to stay any longer than three months. And the reason for that is because they're pretty raw generally, and they wind up staying there because they're committed to three months under a set of rules of how they're supposed to behave rather than actually getting the great benefit out of letting go and being away from it all. Okay. And so the commitment then when it's noble is momentary. It happens right now. I will renew my commitment that I will not trash mouth that friend of mine and I will keep my mouth shut. As an example. And not only that, but making it a, a real commitment in the sense of in this moment, we're much more likely to remember that we've got this as a kind of internal obligation to ourselves right now, as opposed to a long-term obligation to a lot of other people. Because that's what happens in ceremonies anyway, is that people vow and commit to things, and then they feel obligated to keep it. An example of that, you probably have heard of this, and, uh, and the logic is there with it, is, is that if someone decides to go on a diet, but they don't tell anybody, that diet is probably not going to be solid. Because they don't really commit to it, okay? And so part of the commitment is, is to tell everybody in the family, I'm on a diet, please help me. And then they might, they might start to help you by reminding you, or you just remember that you told them about it. Therefore, you're not about to let them see the ice cream that I just took out of the refrigerator. Okay, you see where this is going. Okay, so that public announcement is still at that ordinary level, but it has an, a, a value or an effect. That's why we wind up having wedding ceremonies. That's why we have ordinations into uh, organizations, which is basically uh, agreeing to the set of rules or making a commitment. But like I said, we almost always fail at that and it ripens in clinging to these rules rather than uh, abiding by them and then it binds up being hypocrisy in the sense that we become a guard for everybody else who breaks that rule that we break ourselves but then there is the noble way and the noble way is to see that because um, basically when we do it the noble way, we're looking at what's going on in this present moment rather than worrying about what's going to happen next week or next year to where when we make commitments in the ordinary formal way, then that binds us into the future. Instead of recognizing that every moment we have a choice. And so that's one of the things that prevent people from going into a wat or into the temple is almost like that the place has got a vacuum cleaner and you get sucked into it and you can't get out. But that the, the reality is, is that the doors are open and they swing both ways. That everybody has the freedom to come and go as they please. And so the only issue then we have to uh, be concerned about is transportation.
of getting to one of these places, knowing that I don't have to stay here more than five minutes. I can come suss it out, but it would be better for me not to make an, an immediate judgment, but rather to hang around and see what kind of value there is here. And so that's the way that you can look at this. Instead of making a commitment, go make an evaluation. Go make an investigation. Go check things out. As opposed to seeing it in the form of commitment. In other words, don't commit to anything except Duca, Duca, Naroda. That's the only thing that we commit to. I think I, I think about it in in a slightly opposite way because I haven't been into commitment very much in my life. It, I know, yeah. me neither. And boy, am I glad of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. it's a, but it also means that I can understand it better because I didn't get caught up with it in the first place. Yeah. Hmm. But it's more more like now I started to to want to be perhaps commitment is the wrong word, but uh, to be into it. Um, right. How about eagerness? The yeah. eagerness that it takes to go check this out. Ah, yeah, that that. Okay. Yeah. Enthusiasm. Yeah. Okay, and the enthusiasm and the eagerness is based upon oh. uh, success of being able to uh, eliminate the dukkha, as opposed to commitment is still stuck in dukkha, hoping that commitment itself is going to help get us out of it. Um, we are okay. Well, so those kind of commitments are for victims. They think that the commitment itself is going to get us out of the problem. Mm -hmm. And in an ordinary way, it does. It is helpful, but it always eventually winds up in clinging. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because we're expecting something else to do the job for us rather than recommitting right now. Oh, I can handle this. I can handle this. Ah, now I see. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so catch yourself when you start thinking in those terms of commitment because those are long-term kinds of things mm -hmm. and, and stay with that you're enthusiastic because you've gotten so much benefit out of the Dhamma. Let's see where it's going to take you in that regard. You go yeah. check things out. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's so paradoxical. Many things are so paradoxical in, in, in life in a way. When I, when I kind of get things, it's it's not an issue anymore, so mm -hmm. so it's kind of just works its own way in in a way. Uh, things work out by themselves mm -hmm. almost. Uh, yeah. Right. So paradoxical and catch twenty twos yeah. and uh, uh, oxymorons are mm -hmm. all based on a particular point of view. Yeah. Mm, yeah. But they're identified as oxymorons and uh, paradoxical because we can see that it's got conflicting um, uh, concepts built into it. Mm, yeah. Okay. 
and that one of those concepts is probably incorrect and more than likely they're both incorrect. Mm. And so when we unravel it, you can say, oh, wait a minute, there was no paradox there to begin with. It was just oh. that's the way that it appeared. The reality is, is that we do it wrongly by committing rather than rightly in the sense of go checking it out enthusiastically. Mm -hmm. So it's all about the concepts, about the um, perspective and seeing things in the mm -hmm. wrong way. Uh -huh. Yes, mm -hmm. we have to learn to see things in the immediate moment. This is what's happening right now. Mm. It's, you, you have to say things in so many different ways. I, we've been talking about this before, and I keep, mm -hmm. sometimes I keep coming back to the same thing, but I, I, I think I, I started to realize a little bit more about it, but there's still some piece missing in this. Um, I know. Yeah. What I have to say is worth repeating over and over again yeah. because it, it it does sound paradoxical. It does sound like things are upside down mm. and we need to take and right side things back again. And, yeah. the, and the easy way to do that is recognize that most things that appear paradoxical is because we're looking at it from the ordinary level. Ah. Uh rather than from the noble level and the noble level is always about right here right now mm -hmm. and the ordinary level is all about the concepts off into the future yeah okay so it really is easy mm -hmm. to stop making commitments and start seeing what's going on right now yeah that's all there is to it. So when you're thumbing through those web pages or whatever like that, and those thoughts come up of, oh, no, this sounds really tough. You can, you no. can respond to that with, <laughs> hey, yeah, I don't know that for sure yet. Let me go check it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I, I was having some even bigger concepts in my, in my mind when I, when I asked this question now. So, yeah, I can see the, the concept realization around the whole thing. Absolutely. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that we, we are taught as part of our biology, as part of our DNA, as part of our instincts to make snap judgments, mm -hmm. to, to, to judge that book by its cover, because that book may be dangerous. And yeah. we need to figure that out because it, it might eat us right away. Okay, and so that's the instinct that we came from. And so we're yes. more than likely going to jump to conclusions yeah. and see things as permanent when in fact we can just keep looking and keep looking and keep looking. And guess what? That's like reading the book now. Instead of judging a book by its cover, we mm. got to actually delve in and take a good look. Mm. Ah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so watch for jumping to conclusions. Mm -hmm. It's easier it 
to do that. It's, 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 but, but it's, it's, all, it's, really it's automatic. Yeah, yeah. It's automatic. Yeah. We come to so many conclusions all day long without even recognizing it. I just made a conclusion without actually doing an investigation. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> this, and this and so we do that often on websites. We do that often on YouTube. Oh. We make instant decisions. Yeah. Mm. To keep an open mind and and experience things for right. yeah. Actually, right. Mm. To intentionally investigate for that experience of uh, uh, understanding correctly rather mm. than jumping to conclusions. That we're taught to jump to conclusions in our society. Mm -hmm. Multiple choice test is a really clear example of wanting all the students to jump to a conclusion. Mm -hmm. Or guess, it's okay to guess. Mm -hmm. And here with Adama, we're not going to be guessing anymore. We're not going to <laughs> jump into those conclusions. We're going to do that math problem if we can. And if we can't, we don't answer it. <laughs> yeah. And so in that regard, when you're reading those websites about uh, watts and places to go, recognize that, oh, this sounds like a whole lot. They're saying that they want a big commitment and they want uh, this, that, and the other thing. Well, we don't know who wrote the website. More than likely, the ones who are going to be around are not the ones who wrote the website. Mm. So we don't, we can't judge a watt by its website. No. No. Mm -hmm. um, I, yeah, in, in a way, yeah, I did that too. <laughs> I, <laughs> I did that too a little because I, I, I didn't check it out even too much uh, now. It, it was more like I've been thinking about what direction uh, my life is going to. <laughs> um, and that was kind of one thing I started to want to find out something more about. And, and also, I, uh, my work situation was uh, kind of, has been kind of uncertain for a year now. And I've been waiting to find out what's going to happen and so on. And now I got a new job, actually. And I, I started thinking because I, I got my, just to survive that situation, I started thinking about other options and, and um, uh, what would I do if, if this doesn't happen? So I had a few and, and to get into a new education perhaps, but that too was too, I'm getting old, <laughs> I don't want to. I, I know, I know. Uh, and I've, we've also done this before. Yeah. That in fact, uh, there is actually a card in the um, the tarot deck. You've heard of tarot card readings and that yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I've heard of it. Okay, one there is a magician that has gold trinkets and a goblet and various things up in the air, while he already has it. So the the situation is is that we get that job. And now we say, well, what if and what if and what if, or I'm on a winter streak. Now, what can I do that's even better than this? Mm -hmm. And that 
and you and I have talked before in the sense that your job is not your job. Your job is to be friends with the people who are yeah, at the workplace. That, that, that's where I was going to get to, because things actually this is about the friendships and all of that. Things just happen in a, a, a way I, I don't know where it comes from. It's truly amazing how people have been so supportive of me and actually tried their best to make everything good for me. Mm -hmm. and, well, and that's because you try to make everything good for them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, but, but it, it's a new thing for me. It, it's really... Oh, no, we've talked about this <laughs> for, for a year now. It's not so yeah, much... But, but I started to see it. I started to see it, and I, I see how how right you are in, in, in how what you say that I perhaps I, I kind of get it and I start doing mm -hmm. it. Perhaps I'm not aware of it even, but right. I mean, the application we, we we tend to play with it because it's a kind of a big deal. And I mean, we got to really change the way that we feel and think about people. Yeah. Yeah. And so and so that's the part of it that you're doing that it's really hard to make friends with people when automatically we go into a new environment with trepidation and fear. Yeah. And so yeah. congratulations that you can get over that trepidation and fear and and uh, and and the lack of knowledge. Much of it has to do with the new environment is, is that we feel new here, yeah. almost like a babe in the woods. Yes. And all we have to do is be a happy babe in the woods and everything's yes. going to work out just fine. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be working. Uh, that's kind of, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, because it's really scary, it, it's sometimes, but I still, I've been doing this uh, for a long time, but perhaps it's become more obvious lately. Um, and and I, I start to see how I do that because, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Uh, uh, I, where is it? I wrote it down to, to not forget. But yeah, uh, excitement, because uh, uh, on the other hand, I think uh, when, when things start falling into place, but I, I don't really know what's going to happen, but it seems to to happen uh, something that I kind of uh, started to wish for or, or uh, want, or I, I don't really know the, the terms here, but when I see, and I don't, I don't know yet if it's going to happen, and then I can get really, really excited or it, it feels kind of dangerous. I lose, I, I get... Know. That's the thing that I was about to talk about for you. So let's start with this, okay? Uh -huh. That excitement, first off, coming from an electrical engineer's position, we have a particular way of understanding the word excitement, mm -hmm. which means that it's full of energy. You can imagine a Tesla coil that gets excited and then it starts showing sparks all mm -hmm. over the place, all right? We also use the word excitement in the sense of a crowd of people at a football game or at a concert, or we think of exhilaration from the race car drivers, the excitement that they have, the danger, the thrill. Mm -hmm. 
okay? And a lot of us are thrill seekers. We really do like to play with danger. Okay, we do like to play with fire. If we didn't learn to play with fire, humans would have never conquered fire. So we do like to play with it. It's part of our nature. Okay, that does not mean then that we should just let it go and let it run wild, but rather we can tame it. And the way that we tame the excitement is by turning it into a close word, which would be exhilaration. And that then molds into the word of enthusiastic or eager, rather than being excited, because when we're excited, that also has the quality of something is about to happen to me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, eager and exhilaration is something that we're about to accomplish. We're something about we're about to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and so we want to change the language just a little bit from being excited about something to being eager for it to start thinking about your eagerness your love of life your lust for life the uh uh um enthusiasm to become enthusiastic about being alive enthusiastic about making new friends at a new job yeah this is, I actually experienced this, exactly this, how there was some kind of calmness and peace in the, the uh, enthusiasm and, and mm-hmm. the eagerness. And it's a big difference to the excitement. Right, you're talking about it exactly. And here's what's different is, oh. is that the eagerness and the excitement doesn't have the fear component. Uh-huh. The possibility <laughs> of failure. Okay, Uh, the trepidation, mm -hmm. the danger is removed because of our own confidence that we know that we're going to get this done and Uh, we're we're enthusiastic about watching it go. Oh, yes. Yeah. Of course, we're going to survive this. Very few things do we do are actually dangerous. Almost everyone survives their first day at a new job. Oh, this is, <laughs> this is so great. This is so great because that's what I really found about this new job. When, when I sat there and talked to the, the person who's going to hire me, and when, when we were talking, it felt, I f- felt confident. Uh, he saw my competence and I thought, can this be happening? You know, it, it, it kind of clicked immediately. We were thinking the same thing, and I never experienced that in the work situation ever. Now mm-hmm. I don't really know what's going to happen, but but uh, I think everything's going to work out just fine because yeah, it's everything exactly that's yeah. the attitude that we're developing. Everything's going to work out just fine. Yeah. Even yeah. if I don't, I, I don't even know of, uh, some part of the job, but he asked, uh, uh, would you need some education? Well, he kind of tried to find out what I would need in, in some things. And I didn't even feel stupid. I didn't feel weird as I usually do because of, in those situations, because it never, um, I, I'm not that kind of person that they usually want to hire. I, so I started to kind of make jokes about myself. I'm a little weird. I didn't even feel weird. I, I didn't. It felt like this is uh, we're talking the same language, and it was 
Well, uh, and he said, this is a new thing they are going to do. And, and I did things like this in my research too. So I'm very familiar with the whole way of thinking and doing things. And that's when, what I really enjoyed about that when I was doing it. And, and here the same thing comes now. Uh, and, and I thought it, it can't be, it's like, it's like a, something, uh, uh, is it actually real, you know? Uh, and so, uh, and then I started, uh, I started to, when I didn't know if I would get the job, am I going to get the job? And then I got into this excitement. Oh, you know, I, I really want it, but I don't. And that, so that. That was such a big difference, and it, it kept uh, going from one to another, and then I calmed down, and it was the excitement, and it was so exhausting. Uh, yeah, excitement, that's another quality of excitement is, is that it gets exhausting to where enthusiasm is persistent. It's easy to re-get that, that enthusiasm, but excited, it's, uh, um, let us say, it needs outside triggers to where enthusiasm can be done on the inside also, because in fact, that's the quality of the danger. And so we have to see that kind of dangerous from the outside. So there's a, 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 a kind of a difference now between um, um, enthusiasm and eager versus being excited. And you can tell that sometimes you were enthusiastic and then you got yourself excited and that's yes. exhausting. <laughs> yeah, exactly so. Yes. So, and I also, what I keep doing, it's like either this or the other thing, because I'm, I'm kind of making it into a lifestyle. I, I know it would take a lot of uh, work, not, not a lot, but I think I make it. Uh, we have to repeat it over and over again. Exactly right. Yes. Yeah. You're talking about making it a lifestyle in the sense of a long term. Yeah. But I'm talking about in this moment to repeat it. Rinse and yeah. repeat, rinse and repeat. Yes. Um, that one way of talking about it is, is that the, the kinds of thoughts and feelings we have give speech and we talk and the way that we talk winds up being the way that we act. Mm -hmm. And when we act, we create patterns or habits and those habits give rise to our destiny. Mm -hmm. And so the way to change is, and so the word destiny then is associated with this lifestyle word that you, that you mentioned. And we can't change a lifestyle, we can't change our destiny, but we can change this thought. And this thought, and this thought, and this thought. That's the way we can change this feeling from being excited into being enthusiastic. Hot diggity dog zinger, we've got this, we know we've got it. There's no more danger in the, um, it's almost like the difference is at a football game or a, a game match that when the ball is in the air, everybody's excited. Yeah. But when the ball actually makes the goal, that's when the excitement with the relief becomes enthusiasm. And that's when the cheering happens. But before that, everybody's really excited watching is that play going to happen or not? Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. 
All right, so what we accept then is the success, that you're, of course, going to be successful. Therefore, there's no anticipation that has to do with the excitement and the danger of the possibility of yes or no, I don't know. Oh, poor me, I really need to do it, and I get all excited. The answer is we're enthusiastic, and we know we're going to do this. Yeah. And in fact, the the, uh, the the very famous boxer Muhammad Ali or uh, Cassius Clay comes to mind because he had that that enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. okay. That. And that's what made him a title fight. I think he wound up uh, winning and losing and then re-winning again the world championship three times. Mm -hmm. They took it away from him because he wouldn't go to battle. He would go into the boxing ring, but he wouldn't join the Vietnam War. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but mean, meanwhile, he had that enthusiasm. Yeah. That can so, do. Of course we're going to win this thing. So, So that's... Um, because when I get into this excitement, it can be difficult to break. How, what do I do in that moment? Sometimes it's really difficult. You, right. You can say to yourself, oh, never mind. We're going to get this thing. We're going to win. There's no danger here. Everything is going to work out beautifully. And those are the kind of new thoughts that we have because the the uh, uh, the exciting thoughts of, oh, will we get it? Will we get it? I don't know whether we're going to. Oh, I, I think I'm going to get it. Oh, I really want this thing. And those are the kind of thoughts we have that bring on the excitement. And we can start changing those thoughts from excitement into the enthusiasm of we've got this. We've got this made. course we're going to do it we're going to do it really well and that's whether we're meeting new people at work or whether we're taking the interview or whatever it is we meet it with that enthusiasm that already has winning built in yeah mm -hmm. yeah that <laughs> <laughs> to do that next, try to do it next time. That, that's that's <laughs> yeah. the confidence. That's the shraddha. That's the uh, samas and kapa that we've talked about so much. And so mm -hmm. now it's time to really look at that in a way of how do we put this into application? Yeah, because in the moment, it, it sometimes sometimes it takes some time to. Um, to break it, I, I don't really know, but yeah. Well, we have to catch it. Yeah. We have to catch it, and then breaking it is easy. But we have to catch it. That's why we want the sati is to wake up and look. Ah, oh, there they are. I see that. Oh. I see that fear based upon do I get it or not. Of course, we're going to get it. It's already prearranged. We are, I mean, we make our reality anyway. That's the thing that's really um, an important quality that people begin to understand is we create our reality anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, and so enthusiasm means that we're creating a mixture of uh, winning and losing. Mm -hmm. 
But enthusiasm means we're creating the reality of we're winning this. We've got this. Yeah, regardless of what happens, uh, I, I, I kind of get got it in a way because I, mm-hmm. I, I, I started seeing that more clearly now that when I got into that, because I think when I expect certain results, that this and that is going to happen, then it, then I get into that excitement thing. But when mm-hmm. I, I, I stop expecting a certain result, uh, it, it's just going to be fine, whatever happens. Yeah, I, whatever happens, we won this, exactly. Yeah, yeah, okay. Then we can be enthusiastic about it. Yeah. And put and put in the work that's needed, but when we're doing it enthusiastic, uh, enthusiastically, all of the work that's needed is put into the job. When we're uh, uh, excited, then part of the effort that we're putting in is to manage the excitement, and only part of it gets into enthusiasm for the job. And so there's another possibility for us is because there is danger in there. That means that it's going to be sucking energy out of the thing. And being unconcerned with the outcome. Well, of course, we're going to do fine. We've got this made. Okay, and so we can do that not just with the interview, but you can do that with every time that you go to work in the morning. You can go enthusiastic. Oh, I'm going to handle this. Everything's going to be just fine today. Yeah. And a lot of people go to work as, oh, what's going to go wrong now? Okay. Uh, I, I don't. I, I I usually don't do that. But when something new comes, when I don't know what what is expected from when I start thinking in those terms, what is expected? How you know? And uh-huh. then I do start doing too much. And, right, and th- because you don't even know what's expected of you, and so you start inventing ten thousand things that you might be expected to do, and yeah. then you check and you go down this checklist. Yeah. With all of this uh, uh, um, uh, excitement, yeah. But the answer is, is that you don't have to ask that question. You, of course, you're going to be able to handle the job when they tell you what it is. Yeah. And you I don't know have that. to be prepared for everything. You just be prepared to handle whatever they give you without having to have specific preparation for any particular task. Because doing the work is not the important anyway. The important thing is our attitude. I think so, because in that (laughs) talk, when I was talking with the person, I really, it really came down to that. And he really appreciated my eagerness, it seemed, like when Mm -hmm. I was kind of enthusiastic about the whole thing because I, I really got enthusiastic about it because the way it was presented and so on and then it, it just felt great that's <laughs> really. that's winning that's a real winner's attitude that enthusiasm uh-huh. that's another thing that you can say and that is experienced um, interviewers when people get excited they pick that up and they know that too that this okay. guy is over the top and so the interviewers will know the difference between being excited and being really enthusiastic. Okay. 
Ah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, it really makes sense. Mm -hmm. This was great so, to hear. <laughs> yeah, so is, we have to listen to the kind of words that we use. Yes. Yes. Uh, to recognize that, oh, there's there's these various subtleties mm -hmm. that make the entire difference. That subtlety is basically a way of thinking about it is, is that we uh, imagine that the guy, there's two people coming, sitting at a table, waiting for the lunch to be served. One of them sits down and the plate is served. The other one is served. This guy gets out the salt shaker and starts salting the food before he's ever tasted it. And the other guy, he tastes his food first. And then he decides maybe just a little salt or whatever like that. So this is the way that uh, this is the example. Then as we can see that we're we take all of these things, what what did they expect of me? And so we start pouring on all the salt and we we wind up making it uh, difficult to eat. It doesn't taste good, okay? Because yes. we put too much in it. Yes. Be better to just recognize when they ask you, when they serve you the plate, yeah. uh, this is what we expect of you. You can test that and say, mm -hmm. am I up to that? Of course, you're going to be up to it. Yeah. Yeah, I think in that way, I I don't really have a problem with the confidence confidence uh, when I get into the job. I usually uh, I'm usually successful in what I'm doing, so I'm not afraid of that. There's that's uh, it's more, but I know there's something, and I think it's it's this, and it's been this all of my life. And I'm doing too much. I'm doing too much in, in unnecessary things because it's uh, really not important mm -hmm. what, what I'm doing. And I cannot see what am I doing wrong. You know what? What's the thing here? Mm -hmm. And and uh, and then yeah, it because it becomes an either or because I I couldn't see the subtle difference here. And I rule it out. Well, I shouldn't be enthusiastic because it's the wrong way to do it. And then I go to the other extreme or something when it's really mm -hmm. not about that at all. Right. Okay. Now, here's one more point about that. And that is, is that this, this conundrum situation that you find yourself in is going to be with a new job. Or if you go to that new temple or wherever you go, it's going to be that same thing. And if you know it, you can handle it in whatever situation you're in. But this yes. is actually um, not uh, a particular situation of just getting a new job and getting into the job. This is any new thing in life. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so congratulations for managing this. Hey, you can this do this. This is so valuable. This is just uh, as amazing. <laughs> Things are just coming to me now in an amazing way and it's it's just it's beautiful when when it happens like this it's it's mm -hmm. just uh, well mm -hmm. I, I i certainly didn't expect it <laughs> <laughs> well i'm glad that this has gotten useful for you yeah 
And I think whatever you say to me, whatever you've been saying to me before, and it, it kind of sticks in some way. And if sooner or later, it kind of pops up. And then I start to realize, well, I didn't get that quite in the right way or, or so. And then when you say more, it, it, it really starts some interesting processes that's mm -hmm. going exactly things begin to click into place you begin yes. to get it yeah yes. uh. yeah <laughs> that happens with so many people so many students i really like that to when things begin to click yeah yeah we have to say it over and over and over again and then it begins to fit in and people begin to get it so this i think is a, a very effective way of uh, spreading the dhamma Absolutely. Because I am able to talk to you over a course of a period of time mm -hmm. to where the retreat situation is, is that people will do the retreat and then they'll go for months without having any contact with other people other than reading books and on the Internet or whatnot like that. But having contact with Sangha, having contact with people and keep reminding ourselves over and over again, that's the way that the Dhamma does sink in. Mm, yes. It does sink in. Absolutely. <laughs> to be around the right people. Yeah. <laughs> Being around the right people saying the right things. Yes. And it sinks in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's finish this talk. Did we cover what you wanted to cover uh, offline? Or do yeah. you have something? Okay. All right. Then we've got it. Excellent. Yes. Everything. Agnes, I'm pro priest. I'm so happy with you. Everything is good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you soon. Yes. Thank Glad you. to see you again. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. See you next week or so. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye.